Welcome to the Drop-Off. Epic conversations about the workforce of today and the talent of tomorrow. Featuring candid, pointed conversations with influential business leaders. Here's your host, Nicole Real. Thanks for tuning in to The Drop-Off. I'm Nicole Real, and today I'm very excited to welcome Epic board member Adib Khan. Adib is the Chief Brand and Impact Officer for Delta Dental of Colorado and Executive Director of the Delta Dental of Colorado Foundation. Adib was previously Senior Director of Corporate Social Responsibility at TIAA, Senior Director of Volunteer Engagement at Mile High United Way, and Regional Director of Health and Safety and Community Services at American Red Cross. He is currently serving on the board of the Denver Metro Chamber Leadership Foundation, the Daniels College of Business, and is a governor-appointed commissioner on the Early Childhood Leadership Commission, otherwise known as the ECLC. Adib is an incredible business and social impact leader in Colorado, and perhaps most importantly, he is also a father of three young children. He's always so thoughtful and innovative in his approach, and I am really thrilled to have him on the podcast today and looking forward to a great discussion. So thank you again for joining us today, Adib. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and thanks for that kind introduction. Of course. All right. Well, we're just going to jump into questions. And first, I would just love to share with our audience a little bit about you. Can you tell us about your professional background experience and really what led you into the philanthropic and early childhood space? You know, my background into kind of the nonprofit sector began when I was in college. At that time, I was pursuing a career in sports journalism. And it was through that process, uh, I realized by doing it, that it didn't really have the fulfillment I was looking for in my career. If I was going to spend, you know, 50 hours a week doing something, I wanted it to have a little bit more meaning. So soon after I graduated from college, I moved uh, to Denver. I, I went to school at University of Southern California and I pursued a career and opportunities in the nonprofit and just any way to get into the nonprofit sector as a whole. And so I eventually ended up at the Red Cross um, and worked in that environment. Really didn't have a lot of focus on early childhood in that space. But in my next position at Mile High United Way, I was able to be heavily involved in, at that time, the governor's early literacy initiative. And I think it was at that time that I really studied a lot of the data on the importance of early childhood education, on the importance of child care, on the importance of just getting a good start for kids and how investing in children when they're young and their brains are developing can really have huge and significant lifelong impacts. We started a program called the Colorado Reading Corps at the time. Um, which we borrowed, uh, copied from Minnesota. They had, they had launched this program and they had a ton of data and evidence behind the efficacy of the program. And really it was set up in a way where we targeted those kids who were just under grade level reading. These were K through three kids and we would do, uh, daily interventions through AmeriCorps, who are like domestic peace corps, their national service member. And they would provide evidence-based 20 minute daily interventions. And after about 14 to 18 weeks, we'd see that those students would be at or above proficiency levels. And so the investment and the impact that that has on kids long-term was so huge. But the amount of compared, especially compared to the amount of resources we had to invest into running the actual program. And so at that point, I got really passionate about it. Um, all along that time, my wife uh, has worked in early childhood. 
She is a licensed clinical social worker. Um, she worked for Child Find for the state of Colorado for a while. And then she worked in the Cherry Creek School District in a preschool setting, predominantly working with uh, immigrant refugee populations um, as a social worker. And so she also was a huge influence on uh, stressing the importance of early childhood education. She is also somebody who reads a lot of scientific research in this field and is always kind of informing me on the different things that she's learning. And that's also had a great impression on me. Um, and so since my time at United Way, I've always been involved in some capacity around early childhood. And also, you know, being a dad of three kids, you know, we we try to do our best as parents. Um, and that means understanding what the data is telling us and, and how we can kind of best put the right environment surroundings uh, with our kids so that they can be successful as they grow up. Always fascinating to hear people share more about their professional journeys and it's rarely a linear path that people take. And it sounds like you've also had some great opportunities and a lot of learning and, uh, and situations that really, you know, brought more light to the importance of early childhood along the way. We know that Delta Dental of Colorado Foundation is dedicated to developing and enhancing partnerships and programs to improve health equity. How do you see Delta Dental's mission overlapping with our mission at Epic and really the work that's happening in the early childhood space? Yeah, since my time, I, I started at Delta Dental of Colorado in January of 2020. Um, we kind of soon hit the pandemic, uh, which forced us to shift a lot of our priorities and what we were funding at the time. And then we came out of the pandemic with some new focus areas. And one of those was really around early childhood, uh, specifically with the goal of prevention. Uh, with the idea, kind of knowing everything I knew, how can we best incorporate oral health care practice, oral health care education, uh, make sure that our kids are seeing a dentist and have a dental home um, at a very young age uh, to get kids on the right start. Uh, so the foundation originated over 25 years ago, and its original mission was to prevent childhood caries. Um, and so we're kind of sticking to that mission to some degree with the, the Early Childhood and Prevention Initiative. And for us, it's about tr having the best holistic uh, support services for our kids. And that really is about looking at the whole child. And so in early childhood settings, um, we, we want to make sure that we are all educating our kids and making sure they're ready for kindergarten. Um, we want to make sure that they're ready socially in that environment. And we also want to make sure that they're ready from a health aspect. You know, one of the reasons we invest heavily into this prevention program is one, because all cavities are 100% preventable um, if we just have the right practice and habits. Two, because caries and oral health pain is actually a huge, uh, has a huge impact on um, overall education. We know that 33% of the kids in Colorado enter kindergarten with cavities. And we also know that cavities is one of, if not the leading cause of absences in school in K through 12. Um, and so not only does it affect um, overall health, it affects also mental health with things like self-confidence and self-esteem. If you don't have good teeth, it can really affect um, the way somebody views themselves. And then on top of that, we know that if we want to make sure that our kids are fully attending school and being able to learn, that they have to be healthy. That includes oral health. And so for us, you know, in partnership with Epic and kind of how we see it, 
I think it's about overall quality of what we're doing with kids. And that goes beyond just what happens in the classroom. That includes a whole child approach and connections to health services, connections to mental health services, connections to support services for the family um, so that we can provide them with the opportunity to learn. You know, there can be a lot of barriers to that that we don't think about. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing more about that. And sometimes that's something that we might take for granted or is uh, difficult to understand because you don't necessarily see it. But it's really hard for a young child to learn and actively engage in learning if, for example, they do have oral pain in their mouth, right? And they can't actually focus because of that. Um, I'd like to shift gears a little bit and talk about you as a father. Um, And you mentioned, you know, your wife has been in early childhood as well. But as a working father of three children, can you talk a little bit about how your family has navigated childcare and also how early childhood education has benefited your own children? Yeah, so I have three kids. I have a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a just-turned-four-year-old. He just turned on Monday. Um, and so, you know, we're right in the thick of it as it pertains to kind of early childhood education. And, you know, it's been interesting. With COVID, for example, my daughter, you know, she really didn't have the same kind of first-grade experience that many of us kind of probably have taken for granted, where she was pretty much virtual the whole year. Um, And so that's something that I think not only potentially stunted her development um, in a number of ways, but I think that happened for a lot of kids, um, you know, who missed really missed out a lot on that in-person education experience through that year. Um, But overall, we've been really lucky. You know, my my wife, who's been in the early child care space, uh, was able to also help our kids, our two oldest uh, specifically, went to the preschool where she worked at. And so that was a great opportunity for um, her to be in the classroom and be part of the environment, the learning environment that uh, they were in. Uh, but on, on, and my daughter was part of the first all-day uh, kindergarten class uh, for the state of Colorado. So that was terrific for her to get that opportunity. Um, but when COVID hit, um, it made things very difficult for my spouse, Heidi, who um, basically had to leave the workforce. The The district had her moved to another school, which was over an hour away. And that commute time, uh, coupled with the needs of our kids, um, my uh, needs for my work and work uh, obligations, all that made it really challenging. So she had to leave the early childcare workforce because our kids, you know, had a huge demand on her time and um, getting them to and from school. And at that time, our littlest wasn't even in preschool. And so he was at home with her for full day care. Taj, my youngest, will be part of the first universal preschool class, which is really exciting. And we've been lucky enough to get them in really great settings with really great teachers who care about our kids. And that's had a really monumental impact on their development. You know, honestly, we read a lot to our kids, but my four-year-old, you know, who was just three, he's like fully reading books. And I think a lot of that has to do with the one-on-one attention he gets in the preschool classroom from his teachers who really kind of spend that extra time with him on reading and he's picked it up and he's picked it up, I think in large part due to the environment, but they're all uh, doing great in school. They are all well adjusted, I think from a social perspective. And I do owe a lot of that to the environments they had in preschool, because I think a big part of that is teaching kids how to sit and listen, teaching kids how to play well with each other, um, teaching kids how to be social in that environment. Um, and each of my children uh, have spent multiple years in preschool, uh, and that's definitely had a big effect on them. 
Yeah, I think we've seen that scenario play out, of course, with so many women who have left the workforce as a result of the pandemic. And, you know, as we've spoken about before, I also have a nine-year-old daughter. And so uh, same thing. She was part of that first class of, you know, full-day funded kindergarten here in Colorado. But also we experienced the impacts of the pandemic and virtual learning and all that that entailed. And it certainly brought its fair share of challenges for families as they tried to adjust to those things. But happy to hear that, you know, they're all doing well. It sounds like they're all happy and in really great places, too. So you mentioned your youngest son. And of course, I recently saw the commercial that stars you and your youngest son, Taj, I believe, uh, in the Universal Preschool commercial. Can you talk a little bit more about why you think the implementation of Universal Preschool is so important here in Colorado? What does that mean for us as a state and for families and working families in particular? Ultimately, it comes down to, uh, to me, it comes down to the data. When we look at the data of the impact that quality preschool can have on the long-term outcomes for our kids, it, it, to me, it's the most important investment we can be making as, as a society. Um, the fact that we do not value preschool at the level that we do today really just boggles my mind because, you know, we can improve all of K through 12 and higher education simply by investing in preschool and getting kids set up on the right track from a young age. The long-term outcomes of doing that, and it means that more of our kids are graduating from high school, it means we're more competitive from a science and math perspective on a global scale, it means that, you know, our workforce is gonna be better off in the long run. But it, it starts when they're young. It starts when their brains are developing. Um, you know, 80% of a child's brain is developed by the time they're three years old. And the system in which we've set up schooling around K through 12 is really antiquated. And it was set up for not necessarily the best reasons for childhood development. And so we have to come to terms with the reality that by not investing in our youngest children, by not providing a quality preschool experience, especially for those families who can't always afford that opportunity or who don't have the ability based on their work environment or their work structure to be able to have kids attending preschool. We have to come to terms with the missed opportunity that we're having every time we don't invest in our kids. And so for me, the investment in universal preschool is a really great first step. It will help us to establish how we operate, um, how we can um, offer universal preschool for all families, how families can navigate that whole process to get kids in quality settings where they can be successful. Uh, we have a lot to learn in this, and it's not going to be perfect in year one. But at the same time, we have to take that first step. Um, and I believe that uh, this significant investment by the state is that step. And I believe that we have a, a great group of leaders in this state who are helping to make sure that we're going to be as successful as possible. It's one of the best investments uh, that I've been a part of that uh, will help the future of Colorado. Uh, so it's really important. And for so many families, you know, preschool is expensive and it's hard to even know kind of where to get started uh, with some of that. You know, the program was designed to offer 10 hours uh, per family, which again is a great start, but we have a lot more work to do to really offer full benefits for folks, uh, which is where I hope we, we end up. Yeah, really well said. And of course, I'm biased, but I agree with you that this is the best investment we can make. I took note of the fact that you said this is a great first step. So I'm curious, from your perspective, in the next, you know, five, 10 years here in Colorado, where do you hope 
will end up when it comes to supporting early childhood and families and access to early care and education and health supports. Yeah, you know, I I think we have to dream big and we have to go for what the data is telling us is going to be the best solution for families and also what we know intuitively. Um, You know, being able to take your child 10 hours a week is nice, but that's not the structure of many people's work lives to be able to kind of uh, drop your kids off and pick them up. Uh, and only having 10 hours a week to do that is is not a comprehensive solution. So what I do hope for is that we get to a place where we're offering at least 30 hours a week for all three and four-year-olds um, in the state of Colorado, that we have wraparound services that are seamlessly integrated within universal preschool, and that the services that are offered in our community also understand the importance of um, being able to uh, work with universal preschool. So it's on both sides, um, because that will help us to achieve that whole child approach. And it'll also help families. Families don't know how to navigate all the different systems. Families do not know how to, um, be able to kind of understand all the different services that are available to them. And so we have to do a better job of navigating that on behalf of families. And so that's what I hope to achieve. And that's what I believe that the design for the implementation of the new Department of Early Childhood was, you know, thought of because so that we can actually do that and achieve that integration. And then I I hope that we are thinking about the customer experience specifically for the parents of the kids. And, you know, sometimes uh, I've never really worked in government directly uh, as kind of full-time employment, but sometimes I believe that the government isn't always the best when it comes to providing a quality customer experience. And so um, I, I, br- I try to bring my business perspective into that uh, to really help us think about how do we make things simple, fast and accurate? How do we make it so that, you know, there's not hoops to jump through or hurdles to jump over? But that if I'm a parent, the experience of enrolling my children into universal preschool, the experience of also uh, being able to access additional services for them is simple, fast, and accurate and really tailored towards my life and, and my needs so that I can uh, navigate it easily and it, it doesn't take up uh, extensive amounts of my time or require me to have a deep knowledge of the system. Yeah, it's so important to not forget about that parent and that end user experience. And you're right, I think it, it's important to make sure that that's front and center Some of the things you mentioned, you know, the design of the new department, for example, reminded me that the Early Childhood Leadership Commission has really played a big role in setting the tone and design standards for our new Colorado Department of Early Childhood and the Universal Preschool Program. What have you enjoyed most about serving on that commission and how does your perspective bring value to that work as well? I think what I enjoy most is just the quality of the other commissioners uh, in terms of their knowledge of early childhood, the different perspectives they bring, their passion for the work. Uh, you've got a group of 20 individuals who are really dedicated to uh, making sure that our state as a whole is doing what we can to uh, make sure our kids have the best you know, opportunities that they can have. And so uh, learning about it um, from people who are researchers, from people who work at the county level across rural Colorado, who are school district superintendents, um, who are foundation CEOs who've been investing in this work for decades, 
um, it really just is humbling to be in that group and to be able to learn from so many great individuals. So I, I've really appreciated that opportunity. Um, I think what I type, try to bring and what I represent is more of a business voice. And so I try to think about uh, things like the customer perspective and how we need to, you know, think of um, the folks we're trying to reach as customers and not just as citizens of Colorado. And I think that's a departure in many ways from how um, government has approached the work. And I've experienced that through the process um, of really providing a quality customer experience. Um, I also try to think about efficiency and really bringing a, a perspective on how we can do things the most efficiently from the start versus getting ourselves down a track where it's going to be harder for us to back out of it. And so thinking long term um, and thinking about how we can uh, make sure that as many of our dollars as possible are getting into the hands of families and to our providers um, so that we can maximize the value of early childhood and maximize the value of the tax dollars that we're raising to fund this effort. Yeah, another important note to make sure that, you know, we really are making the best efficient use of our public funding and that that's working well. Um, and it's been, you know, I think it's it's worthy to note, too, that a lot of other areas and, and even states have set up universal preschool programs. But Colorado, I think, has been unique in, in the focus that's been placed on what we would call a mixed delivery system, which is basically just honoring the various choices and needs that families have and making sure that, you know, families want to choose a family child care home setting or a public school setting or another community-based program, that those are all options available to them. And I know that the ECLC and um, certainly, you know, you and your work um, have been really supportive of that and I think have made Colorado a real standard to follow across the country as well. I, I think it's a really great endeavor that we've taken on with looking at both private and public. So I'm glad to see that we've continued down that path. I know the provider for Taj is a private provider and they are on board with the UPK program. So it's really great to see how it's actually coming to fruition and working for private and public. Totally agree. And I think a lot of our EPIC members agree with that perspective and that approach as well. So speaking of EPIC, you've been a part of EPIC for a number of years now. You serve on our board of directors as well. Can you tell us why other business professionals and leaders should learn about EPIC and join us in our mission and our work? Yeah, what's critical to the kind of Colorado economy and all economies, I think, across the country, and as you compare, especially like Denver, looking at other cities and how we compete with other cities for things like attracting businesses, you know, one of the most important factors is talent. And what has been successful for Denver for a long period of time is that we've done a great job of attracting talent, attracting people with college degrees to move here from other states, which you know, has allowed us to be recognized as one of the cities and one of the states with the highest number of individuals with college degrees in our workforce. And so that in turn attracts businesses who are, you know, in a constant war of talent. What's happened recently is we've seen just a big drop off in the number of people who are moving to Denver. And a lot of that has to do with the cost of living in this community. What we've never been good at since I've been in Denver is really developing our own talent. And that is ultimately going to be what determines the long-term success of our state and our economy, is how good of a job we do in investing in developing our own talent. And to me, the work of Epic is all about investing in our long-term talent. And, and investments in talent aren't something that you can just turn on 
you know, at higher ed or at even secondary school. It's something that we have to be in for the long haul. And what I appreciate about the approach of Epic is that that's exactly what they try to one, educate members about, but also do some action around. Um, and this work around early childhood is indicative of that. And so we need a business community that understands the importance of homegrown talent uh, and how that is good for a variety of reasons. And that we as a business community need to be vocal about that and speak up about it and pursue policy that is friendly towards um, the development of all of our people in Colorado. You know, to me, it's a great opportunity to get involved in an organization that's helping to lead some of that work, helping to galvanize the business community voice and to really put our money where the data tells us is going to be the best place to put our money, which is investing in childhood development. And that starts at a very young age. We spent a lot of time talking about the talent of today and the talent of tomorrow. And I think both are really important for us to focus on as business community partners and members. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of phone calls and emails from chambers and economic development corporations and other business groups who are starting to think about what they can do to support and advocate for increasing access to affordable childcare for the workforce. It's becoming more and more of a topic at, at these meetings and through their memberships and in communities. So I believe you're serving as the board chair right now for the Denver Metro Chamber Leadership Foundation. And I'm curious what you think the primary opportunity for the Metro Chamber and the Leadership Foundation and other similar organizations is for them to really lean in on this critical workforce need. So what I think is critical for the business community is the realization of how how many women have been forced to leave the workforce since the COVID pandemic to address childcare needs, how that has had a really detrimental effect on our ability to attract and recruit and retain talent um, as a business community, and how it's an imperative for us to, um, in order to be a competitive environment, in order to be an environment that is really growing our economy, that we are invested in the ability for parents, specifically for women, to be able to be in the workforce while their children are receiving quality care. Um, and if we're not focused on that, you know, we're gonna still have these situations like we have today where you have so many jobs open and you have so few people who are actually unemployed. Um, and that is just not gonna help us grow at the pace um, that I think we're trying to grow here in Colorado. And so the Chamber and the Economic Development Corporation really just need to look look at the data. And we're seeing it in other chambers across the country who are understanding and who are realizing that investing in early investing in quality early child care is a huge opportunity for our economy as a whole and um, allows for parents to be able to work full time. And, you know, that's something we really need right now. And so we have to invest into it. And, you know, if we, I really w want us to be able to take a comprehensive view of the economics involved with investing in early childcare, because I think if we did, we would understand that not only do we have significant 7X, 8X return on investment when it comes to our kids and how they will fare in the long run from attending preschool, but on top of that, the workforce implications that are involved by parents who have to stay home with their kids who don't have another option, you know, the opportunity for them to be able to come back to work. And then on top of all that is the workforce within early childhood itself and having um, all of these kind of operating, successful, sustainable early childcare centers 
across our state is also another great opportunity for us to grow our economy as well. All really great points. And I think points that we can wrap up and end on today. Um, this has been a really insightful and energizing conversation today. And um, I really want to thank you, Adib, for joining us on this podcast and for your contributions to not only Epic, but really to our larger community as well. Is there anything else that you wanted to add today? Thank you for having me on and for having this conversation. And I, I just really appreciate Epic's focus on this work. And we really need business leaders and businesses as a whole to step up because we're on the verge of something where we as the business community have the opportunity to really help our employees and our team members seek out childcare, provide that opportunity, provide some support. Um, and I think if we can get to a, a certain threshold, we can get enough momentum to really drive some of that permanent change that we're hoping for and the investments that we need in early childcare. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us today. And uh, we're excited to continue our work together. We appreciate your time talking with us on The Drop-Off, epic conversations about the workforce of today and the talent of tomorrow. And thanks again for your service to the community and early childhood. Thank you. The Drop-Off is a production of Executives Partnering to Invest in Children. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about our organization, visit coloradoepic.org.